When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to From Complex to Queens, Amazing Avenue's minor league podcast. I'm Steve Seiba, and I'll be joined by the rest of the guys shortly, but we are going to just jump right into things this week. And first up is our affiliates and how they did this week. So Syracuse Mets, they played the Norfolk Tides, the former longtime Mets affiliate, and they went 4-2, and two, which means that this week was a rare winning week for them. With those four wins, they get bumped up to 25 and 40 on the season, and they moved out of the basement, and they aren't the worst team in the International League anymore. They're second to last in the division, ahead of the Charlotte Knights, and in the league as a whole, they are also ahead of the Louisville Bats, who are the worst team in the league. Next up are the Binghamton Rumble Ponies, and they played the Bowie Bay Sox and went 3-4 and four against them. So they are 24 and 39, which unfortunately is the worst in the Eastern League Northeast and the Eastern League period. Brooklyn Cyclones now. They played the Wilmington Blue Rocks and they went 4 and 4 against them. And that includes a game that was postponed from mid-May. So with those four wins and those four losses, they are 28 and 35 on the season which is good for fourth place in the South Atlantic League North Division. St. Lucie Mets now, they play the Tampa Tarpons, the Yankees affiliate in the Florida equivalent of the Subway Series, and the two teams split the series three games apiece. So that leaves St. Lucie at 40 and 22 on the season now. 
and St. Lucie clinched the first half of the Florida State League early in the week. So unlike last season, they will be playing in the Florida State League playoffs since the playoffs are expanded this season because of uh, COVID is less of a risk this year. And finally now, the Florida Complex League Mets, and they are currently 6-4 and four on the season. So, as you can see with all those win-loss records, the Mets' minor league system is pretty lopsided. Basically, all their top prospects are in the upper minors. 14 out of our top 25 players are in the upper minors. And more importantly, 6 out of the top 10 are in the upper minors. Obviously, um... Francisco Alvarez, Brett Beatty, Ronnie Mauricio are in Binghamton, and Mark Vientos is in Syracuse, and Khalil Lee and Nick Plummer, either they were there and or they will be there again soon. But despite the cream of the crop being in AA and AAA, those are basically the worst teams, not just in the Mets minor league system, and not just in their respective divisions, and not just in the respective leagues in some cases, but really they are some of the worst teams in all of minor league baseball period. Now, the problem really is that these players are just surrounded by complementary guys that are not up to par. Um, the team average for Syracuse is 228, 310, 387, and that is third worst in the international league. And their team ERA is 5.09, which is also third worst in the league. The team batting average, excuse me, the team batting line for, for Binghamton is 229, 308, 380. And that is fourth worst in the International League. And their team ERA is 5.11, which is dead last in the International, in the Eastern League. Brooklyn, not so much in terms of individual players with talent, but, you know, same thing. They're just not a very good club this year. Their batting line of 225, 316, 347 is third worst in the, in the South Atlantic League. Surprisingly, though, their, their ERA, which is a uh, even four, that's actually fifth best. So I guess that's really the only reason why their record is comparatively better than Syracuse and Binghamton. Not great. I mean, they're under 500, but they're just not as bad as the other two teams. St. Lucie, though. St. Lucie. That's a team that's going places. And just like all these other teams that are, you know, the worst in all of minor league baseball, St. Lucie's one of the best in all of minor league baseball. They already clinched a playoff berth. Their team batting line of 246, 325, 412 is second best. Oh, excuse me. It is best in the Florida State League. And their 3.66 ERA is tied for third in the league. And their runs allowed per game is second. Now, obviously, there are a few prospects on St. Lucie. But either some of the prospects that are there have really stepped it up and performed better than we thought they would. Or guys that we're, you know, kind of secondary players, bit players, they've stepped up. So we're going to talk about some of these guys this week. So one player that's really stood out this year and has been a big reason why St. Lucie has been doing so well is Stanley Consuegra. And if the name is familiar, it should be. He's been around for a couple of years now. He was ranked on our top prospect list for a couple of years. 
And he was also the player of the week for last week, week nine of the minor league season. He was signed at the Dominican Republic during the 2017 to 2018 international signing period. He was signed for $500,000. Originally, he was a shortstop like a lot of other players, but he was transitioned to the outfield. And he began his uh, first professional season in 2018 in the DSL. And he impressed enough uh, Mets evaluators that they promoted him to the GCL Mets after only spending a couple of weeks in the Dominican. And he didn't exactly dominate in his stateside debut, but he did hold his own as a 17-year-old. He hit 217, 297, 344 with two homers, four steals, 17 walks, and 41 strikeouts. And that was good for a an 84 WRC+, plus, which, you know, again, is a 17-year-old playing against guys that are, in some cases, you know, two, three, four years older than you. Not bad. So we ranked him 19 on our 2019 uh, top prospect list. He entered the 2019 season with a knee injury, and eventually he had surgery on his ACL. So that ended the season before he was even able to get into a game. And then he dropped down the prospect list in 2020 as a result of that from 19 to 22. And then... 2020 happened, and obviously there wasn't a season because of COVID. So he stayed at 2022. He stayed at 22 <laughs> on our 2021 list, and then fell off of it coming into the season because his performance last year really was not all that great. When he was able to get on the field, he was solid, but basically he missed you know about about two months of a three month season in the complex. And only got into 20 games because he broke his hands. So, like I said, his performance was solid. He hit 270, 325, 500 with two homers, three stolen bases, and four walks, 21 strikeouts, which is good for a 111 WRC+. So the potential is there, but just really he wasn't able to get the playing time. Well, this year he is, and finally everything is clicking. In 55 games... He is hitting 258, 336, 437 with 11 doubles, 3 triples, 7 homers, 8 stolen bases in 14 attempts, and a 23 to 63 walk to strikeout ratio. He really turns it on this month. Uh, in 15 games in June, he is hitting 291, 400, 636 with 3 doubles, 2 triples, 4 homers, 5 out of 7 stolen bases. And 10 walks to 10 strikeouts, a one-to-one ratio. He's really been, you know, he's been doing everything this year. He's getting on base. He's hitting for power. He's stealing. His defense in the outfield has been pretty good. You know, he's just a, a pretty well-rounded player. And, the, you know, that you, you love to see it. One thing that's really been encouraging is that he's really smacking the snot out of the ball. Um, he's, he's played 15 game, 55 games, like I said, and in those games, he's averaging an exit velocity of 89.62, which is one of the best on St. Lucie, um, among players who are currently on the team and among players that are not there anymore and either got demoted or promoted. He has 43 balls that were put in play with an exit velocity of over 100 miles per hour, which is best on the team. It's better than Carlos Dominguez, who is leading the team in homers, better than Shervian Newton, who is in Brooklyn currently and is known for really uh, hitting the ball hard when he's actually able to make contact. 
Uh, it's better than Alex Ramirez, who's having a great season and is one of the Mets' top top prospects. So Consuegra is, you know, really impressing. And he, he's 21, turning 22 this season. So that's not really old for a player in single A nowadays. Um, but, you know, just everything is everything is looking good. Surface numbers, the surface numbers are encouraging. If you look at the numbers under the hood, it's encouraging. Obviously, his his scouting report and what he's capable of being if he reaches his 90th percentile outcome, it's encouraging. And, you know, with, with the draft coming soon and Brandon McElwain's uh, recent promotion from Brooklyn to Binghamton, and he was basically Brooklyn's best player, I wouldn't be surprised if Consegra gets a promotion soon just because he has been so good. Hello, everyone. Uh, so one player in the low minors that's really impressed me so far this year is Alexander Ramirez, an outfielder currently playing for uh, the St. Lucie Mets, who um, I think by now we, we kind of all know where he came from. He was the uh, the highest bonus that the Mets gave out in the 2019 international free agency signing period. And um, really all he's done so far this year has been hit. He's hitting 297, 358, 464 with 22 extra base hits, five home runs, and 246 plate appearances across 54 games. All of this while being about two, two and a half years younger than the average player in the league. Um, Perhaps most encouragingly, he has, you know, increased his ability to hit for power. His isolated slugging has jumped by about, you know, maybe .4 or so uh, from... Uh, 126 to 167, and he's also managed to cut his strikeout rate from 31.1% at the same level last year to 22%. Uh, he's also walking in about 7% of his plate appearances, while which, while you know, not perfect, is you know better than some of the other guys we've seen come through uh, full season ball. Um, now he he is repeating the level he he played at St. Lucie last year. Uh, but he's still significantly younger than the competition. And, um, you know, he's really improved in a lot of areas. Um, you know, he's filled out a little bit. And uh, with that extra bulk comes, you know, additional power. Uh, there's still some room for him to fill out a little more, I think. So, you know, it's not impossible to think that He'll continue to get stronger as he gets older. He's just 19. Uh, we saw how Ronnie Mauricio, you know, filled out a lot between 20, 19, 20, and 21. Um, and it, it's not unreasonable to think that he's going to continue to get bigger. Uh, he's still very tall, very lean, uh, and very lanky. So I would think that there's still a little more power in there. Um, and, yeah, he's, he's really just always done his hit. Um, one of the things that's been nice to see, too, is um, since now we have exit velocities for, for most of the, the affiliated miners, um, you know, his average exit velocity isn't really anything to write home about. It's about 86 miles an hour. Um, but his max exit velocity, he's hit a couple balls uh, very, very hard. Pretty regularly, he'll he'll get up to like 105, 106, and has maxed out around 107 and 108 miles an hour exit velocities, uh, which again is, is really cool for a player who's who's just 19 years old and still you know 
you know, while he has filled out a little bit, is still very tall, very lanky. Um, you'd expect that he might be able to get up into that exit velocity band uh, more regularly as he as he fills out a little more. Um, so at this point, uh, I don't really think there's anything left for him to do in St. Lucie, uh, especially considering that he played there all of last year. Um, he's coming up on 500, uh, almost 600 plate appearances um, at the level. Uh, I would look to, I, w- I would expect that he would uh, be promoted to Brooklyn in the very near future. So uh, onwards and upwards for Alexander Ramirez. Uh, he's really impressed me so far, and I, I hope he continues to do so uh, moving forward. And for the good news, I'm the player that I has risen in my standing here, at least for this one, quite a bit. And I'm again, maybe I'm gonna get myself a little too excited, but I'm very excited about this player. Is a junior Tillian. Uh, they signed him a few years ago out of DR when he was 17 um, for 185k. And really, uh, you probably wouldn't have known who he is, mostly because there was no reason to before this year. Uh, he popped up in 2021 in the Gulf Coast League, played in 32 games, and hit 165, 223, 223, which, granted, he was an 18-year-old kid coming to the U.S. for the first time. It is what it is. Now, they moved him up anyway to St. Lucie, and he's played 27 games as a 19-year-old in St. Lucie, which is well below the, the, the league average for age. Two, point, two, two years, according to baseball reference, as I'm looking at his line right now. And he's hitting 269, 321, 529, which is a 850 OPS. He has seven home runs in those 27 games, six doubles. He doesn't have a triple, one stolen base. Good for him. Um, the thing he wants to cut out a little bit probably is the strikeouts the, and walks. He's striking out 24 times. 24 times in 27 games isn't bad at all. It's less than one a game, obviously. But only eight walks. You would like to see that get a little better, I guess. But uh, he's hitting the ball. Like... Obviously, the 269 is a little low for a batting average. It's not the greatest batting average in the world, but also there's a lot more to it. The 321 on base percentage is nice. Like I said, 529 slugging is great for a 19-year-old kid, and he hits the ball hard. Um, he's been hitting the ball hard basically all year, and that's really it, – it's it's hard to hard to argue that. Uh, it's, hard to, it's hard to get mad at that. Obviously, there's a lot that could go right, and there's a lot that could go wrong with this profile – but I don't know if he would be a prospect in every team system, but he's definitely a, le- a legit prospect in the Mets system because of it's going to be it's a weak system like we talk about that every week. Um, there's also a lot to like in the profile. He plays they kind of split his time pretty. He's mostly played second base, but he's played 12 games at third base in his career and 13 games, 12 starts at shortstop in his career. Um, this year seems to be mostly second base with eight games at shortstop, 18 games at second base, and only one game at third. So it's there in the profile to be a kind of a utility infield guy defensively, if that's what it comes to. But really, he's just, across the board, he moved up a level and is also hitting significantly better at the level than he was at last year. Which, whenever you raise your batting average 100 points, raise your uh, OBP 100 points, and raise your slugging 300 points... You're gonna put you're you're gonna sell you're you're gonna get yourself put on some prospect lists and get your get some eyes open for you, and um, again it's only 27 games, it's still still a lot of the year left for him to 
show what he can or can't do and still a lot for him to improve on and a lot to him for him to really say that this was a 27 game hot streak and really nothing else even though that's a long hot streak um but yeah the defense got to get cleaned up i know fielding percentage isn't the best thing in the world but it's not the great he's not the greatest defensive player in the world right now Rocking a 920 fielding percentage. Obviously, fielding percentage doesn't really matter. It's only four errors and 109 innings, 107 innings at second base, rather. But that stuff comes with age, and that stuff comes with um, experience. For his projectability, he's a tall and skinny kid right now. He's 6'1", but when you see clips of him, he's very skinny. He's very small, like thin, and that's a profile that could really fill out. And if he's hitting the ball hard now... When he fills out, it's going to be hitting the ball for power, unless he's a, unless he just doesn't ever launch the ball. But he's been doing that. He has seven home runs in 27 games, and he's slugging 529. Like he's hitting the ball for power, and he's still thin right now. So when he fills out a little bit more, maybe it kind of hurts him defensively. It probably takes him out of shortstop consideration, even though the Mets have already done that with him pretty much. He's played mostly second base, and I think that's where he sticks. I think that's going to be his best position and it won't be he won't be the best second baseman in the world but it will be is what it is there's also a dh in the nl now if it comes to that but really it's just a lot to get excited about a young prospect on a good saint lucy team um for example he has the second highest ops on saint lucy it's higher than alex ramirez who we've been raving about for months and months and months because he's slugging better than him obviously alex ramirez is hitting 297 and 358 but Junior Tillian is also second in slugging and second in OPS, both behind Shervian Newton, who is apparently, who's hitting the ball very hard too now. And he's only 23 also, so there's a lot to be excited, not a lot to be excited about with him, but he's interesting for sure, especially now that he got promoted to Brooklyn. But anyway, um, yeah, Junior Tillian is my guy that I'm excited about, and I think it's it's nice to see someone make such full-fledged gains in his game because he's done it across the board this year. And it'll be nice to see if he continues to do that, like continues to grow and maybe he gets promoted at the end of the year. I think that would be a little quick, but you never know. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, unfortunately, it hasn't only been sunshine rainbows in the lower minor leagues. I didn't really want to talk about Brooklyn very much, but... We gotta, um, you know, they've really disappointed. The team wasn't, and it's still not stacked per se, but 
you know, the guys that were and are signed there, I figured they'd be able to tread water at least. You know, these are these are guys that already had experience in high A or guys that had college experience and should have been able to handle high A better than they have. Well, you know, they really <laughs> they really haven't. And there's a few guys in St. Lucie where that's happening too. Guys that either are repeating the level and and should be better than they are or they, you know, face better competition during their college days and they are struggling. So one guy that fits the bill is Levi David. And man, what what a season he's having. He's appeared in 13 games this season and he has a 10.03 ERA in 11.2 innings. He's allowed two hits, he's walked 24, and he struck out 15. Yes, that's right. Two hits, 24 walks. He um, He's also hit four batters, and he's thrown 14 wild pitches for good measure. So we ranked him collectively 24 on our 2022 top 25 prospect list. I had him 22. Lucas had him 25. Ken had him 22. And... Thomas didn't rank him at all in his top 30 list. And honestly, he is the smartest one out of all of us right now. Mets drafted Levi David in uh, the ninth round of the 2021 draft last season at a northwestern state uh, of Louisiana. They signed him for $120,000, which is a little under slot. And at the time, you know, it looked like a pretty solid move. He didn't have too many innings under his belt because he transferred from a junior college and then he lost a year to COVID. But the stuff looked, it looked deadly. In 61 innings split over 13 starts and one relief appearance, he had a 443 ERA, which isn't great, but it's not terrible either. He allowed 34 hits, which is pretty good. He walked 46, which is not good. And he struck out 104, which is insane. 104 batters struck out in 61 innings. That comes out to a 15.3 strikeout per nine. And that 15.3 strikeouts per nine wasn't just third on his team. It wasn't just third in the Southland Conference. It was third in all of NCAA Division I baseball, period. And um, the main reason why he was able to, to strike out so many batters was his curveball. Um, against conference hitters, they went 5 for 98 against it with 80 strikeouts, and it had a 72% swing and miss rate. You know, in, in a vacuum, that's a plus pitch, you know, easily a plus pitch, arguably a plus plus pitch. But, you know, it, players don't exist in a vacuum, and his wildness is what led him to get drafted in the ninth round and not, you know, the first. And that wildness has really only gotten worse as a professional. Basically, batters just aren't swinging at his stuff. You know, why get yourself out when there's a good chance that he's going to walk you? More than a good chance that he's going to walk you. You know, just stand there, don't swing at anything, and make him get you out. And so far this year, he has shown an inability to do that. There have been entire games that he's pitched in where not a single batter put anything in play, but he still allowed runs because of either the walks, hit batters, you know, wild pitches. Um, in the entire month of May, he didn't allow a single hit. Okay. But 
10 of the 20 batters that he faced got on base, and five of those batters came around to score. You know, think about that. that that's, it's not a, it's not good, obviously, but that's extremely impressive. Not a single hit in an entire month. 10 out of 20 batters he faced got on base. Five came around to score. That is, that is something else. Now, again, the wildness was known. It was a known thing when he was drafted, and that's why he was drafted in the ninth round instead of an earlier round. But the thing is, professional coaching has not helped at all so far. His mechanics are poor, and his pitches have so much movement on them. You know, he throws a a fastball, a cutter, and a a curveball and a slider, gyroscopic kind of slider. I don't believe that they are two separate pitches. I think that they're the same pitch, and just StatCast is um, labeling them differently. But, you know, suffice to say, these are pitches that have a lot of movement. And, you know, he's not shown the ability to command them. So, between his mechanics and the, the natural movement that his pitches have, David has command issues and control issues. With the mechanics, his arm gets out of sync with his body and his legs, and he also throws crossfire, and his long, his arm action is long, so there's a lot going on. And just, just overall, you know, his performance has been a lot worse than expected. Uh, you know, when on, on, on draft day, you know, it was never like, okay, you know, he's just gonna make a little adjustment here and there, and all of a sudden he's gonna be Doc Gooden. No. But, you know, you could live with the warts. You could live with some of the warts and, you know, just the kind of overall numbers that aren't too, too great. But that's just not what's going on here, you know. And, you know, I really don't know what can be done to fix David, Levi David. He could retire from baseball tomorrow and it's not like going to be a major blow to the system or anything like that. You know, he was a... It was a solid low-risk gamble with moderate upside if things worked out, you know, and, and the Mets really didn't invest too much into him that could have been invested elsewhere. So it's not like, you know, oh, God, terrible pick, terrible outcome, you know, but, you know, maybe things turn around for him. Maybe they don't. But regardless, his performance in 2022 has just been a major, major disappointment. Uh, so one low miners player that uh, I don't want to say has been disappointing, but certainly hasn't lived up to my expectations of, for them, has been Dominic Hamill, a right-handed pitcher that the Mets selected in the third round of last year's draft out of Dallas Baptist University. Uh, so Hamill came from a very good program at Dallas Baptist University. It's a program that's very well-versed in analytics. Um, you know, a lot of... T- was a lot was made of uh, his his the high, him having particularly high spin rates on his fastball and slider, and um, for a guy coming from a, a good school and a good conference, and uh, particularly a good school that plays a lot of major conference teams, um, you know, they're, they're Dallas Baptist is in the middle of Texas, and they play a lot of the the major schools throughout Texas. Um, you'd really expect him to come into the the low minors and just tear these guys apart (laughs) like um the level of talent just isn't all that different from what he had faced in college there's not um a particularly big delta 
in talent between the low minors and like major division one colleges. Um, so you'd really expect him to dominate. And well, he's been, you know, not bad. Uh, there's a lot of room for, for improvement. Um, the, he, he's left a little bit to be desired. Uh, so he's thrown 48.2 innings across 11 starts and, um, he's got an ERA of 4.25 with, um, a pretty close FIP of 4.67. He's walked 28 batters uh, in those 48 innings, which is almost a little over five per nine, uh, about 13% of the hitters he's faced. So, so really an unsustainably high amount. Um, and he, you know, has flashed, um, you know, some reasons for optimism. He's striking out almost 10 batters per nine, uh, just about 25, basically a quarter of the hitters he's faced, he's striking out, but he's walking entirely too many. Um, you know, he's allowing way too many base runners. And really, that's a little disheartening, considering that he was a guy uh, who came from a very good conference and, you know, was seen as kind of a pitchability guy in addition to being kind of like a stat cast darling. So it's been a little disheartening to see um, the walks you know, really getting to him uh, as much as they have. It's also giving up almost a homer per nine, which helps explain why the ERA is where it is. But um, it's, again, it's a little, a little disheartening. You'd expect a guy who came from the college that he came from to really come and dominate. And while he has a little bit in terms of swing and miss, um, you know, you'd really hope he, he, you, I, I was really expecting him to be a little more polished than he turned out to be. You know, a little better control, uh, maybe not impeccable control, but workable control. Um, you know, maybe three walks per nine, not instead of five. Um, but, you know, it's still very early in his professional career. Um, you know, the strikeouts are, are clearly there um although you'd expect them to be at, at the level he is at the age he is relative to the the players he's facing um but I, I guess there is some reason for optimism given that you know his strikeout rate is, is so gaudy um that being said again you'd really hope a guy of his pedigree and uh age you know you'd really expect him to to be much better at this level um so hopefully he's able to cut down on the walks and keep the ball in the ballpark a little bit more and, um, you know, is able to get more of that in check. Uh, certainly not writing him off as a prospect, but, you know, I, I've been a little disappointed in, in his performance this year. So hopefully he can write the ship and, you know, perform a little better down the stretch. So, this week we're going to discuss one player who disappointed you and one player who surprised you in the lower minors uh, for the Mets system. And disappointing I found kind of easy because it's someone that I really liked. Um, and while I'm not completely out on the player in terms of thinking that there's no chance that anything comes of him because he's still only 21, a little spoiler there I guess, but there's a lot of young players in the system – it's still a little frustrating to see how it's turned out so far. And my guy that I'm excited about is someone who 
really, I don't want to say came out of nowhere, but he was kind of like, and I don't want to say an afterthought, but I mean, we didn't rank him. We didn't really uh, discuss him much at all coming into the season. And now I think he's definitely one of the Mets, Mets prospects. He's going to be on my list next year, probably in the middle of the top 25, if not higher, as the year goes on. We'll have to see. But anyway, let me start with the bad news. Um, and I'm going to start with Jalen Palmer, who obviously, like I said in the in the little intro there, he's not he's not 25, 6, 7 where it's over. He's only 21. He's still younger than the league he's playing in. But there's a lot to be concerned about here. So the reason why I was so high on him is he kind of showed up when he got drafted. They drafted him late in 2018, 22nd round. And it was, uh, like, as soon as he showed up, he hit 310, 394, 414. That's a 17-year-old in the Gulf Coast League. And it was like, oh, all right, there might be something there. There might be someone. There, there's lots to get excited about. And really no power, 414 slugging. But the hit tool was there. 27 hits in 25 games is what you want to see. Like, all that's good stuff. Walked a decent amount. And then... He was Kingsport the next year. Similar. 260, 334, 413. So a little bit of the hit tool falling away, which lowers the OBP, obviously. But also, he was twenty. He was 18 in the Appalachian League. He was young. 2020, you lose it because of COVID, right? He comes back, and he looks really no worse for wear in 2021. Um, he starts out in St. Lucie, hits 276, 378, 368, which... That's where the concerns start to lie with the 368 slugging, but still, he's still younger than everyone else. It's still pretty interesting. So you move him up to Brooklyn at the end of last year, and he struggles. In 39 games in Brooklyn, he hits 189, 314, 336. In 52 games at Brooklyn, repeating the level this year, 184, 296, 319. And I think at some point you have to get concerned when a guy has played 80 something games, 90 games, I think it's 91 games over two years at one level and you're still not hitting, it's at the point where the numbers are almost exactly the same as last year. Like, there's no improvement. He's a year older. He should be used to everyone else in the league. And he's just not. He hasn't been. And like I said, it's not time to get rid of him or trade him or DFA him. You might trade him at the deadline if someone likes him because... The 2022 Mets need to try to win a World Series, not cultivate a prospect like this. But he goes from someone who was around the top 10 in the Mets system to, if he's still here next year, it's going to be low in that top 25. I probably still rank him maybe at 20, but I'm not going to be sitting around ranking him top 10, top 15. He's not going to be in the teens anymore unless he has a big turnaround in the second half of the year. But a lot of the pro- like the profile is a lot to get excited about. There's speed there. It's 47 career stolen bases, only got caught 13 times. There's a lot of positional flexibility where he's played third base, he's played second base, he's played center, he's played left, he's played right, he's played shortstop. And there's a lot to get excited about with the profile, but the bat-to-ball was always an issue, and it was always something that maybe every year it got worse. Even when he was playing well, every year it got a little worse. And when your hit tool falls every year, and gets a little worse every year, your prospect uh, stature is going to fall too. That's just how it is. That's really the name of the game here. And it's unfortunate for him. And like I said, he's only 21. 
and I really like the player as a whole. Like, really like the player as as a whole is strong. It's it was a profile that I got excited about, and all the things that could have gone wrong with it have gone wrong with it, and that's kind of where I'm at with him right now. And so that's why he's my disappointing player of the year so far. Obviously, the year's not over, but yeah. All right. Well, that is our show this week. And if anyone has any questions, comments, whatever, you could send us an email at our email address from complex to queens at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and shoot us questions there. I am at Steve Seiper. Lucas is at Elvlahus343. Ken is at KenLaffin91. Thomas is at SadMetSeason, S-Z-N. Subscribe to the podcast, where you get your podcast from, rate and review it. And of course, we thank you for listening. So we'll be back next week. And until then, love the Mets. Love the Mets.